Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of OP Radio. I am Mac, your host at OP Radio. I'm a content strategist at OP Labs. OP Radio, every week we have different creators and builders in the optimism ecosystem, have them on the show to talk about what they're up to. Before we get started today, a brief disclaimer. Speakers are speaking in their personal capacities on OP Radio and not for their respective companies. To the extent there are any, do not rely on any forward-looking statements made during this episode. And please remember, OP is a governance token, not an investment, and nothing in this episode is or should be construed as investment advice. So now that that's out of the way, without further ado, I would like to intro our guest today. His name is Lucas. He has a very cool project he's going to tell us about. Lucas, good morning. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Fired up to be here on OP Radio. I've tuned in a couple times in the past, so ready to do it. Ready to do it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a real fun one. So, Lucas, before we get into pods and, and what it is, I wonder if you could share a little bit of your background. I know you've been in the Ethereum space for a long time. I'd love to hear hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. I got into crypto in early 2017. I've been working in the space full time since then. And I was employee number one at Bankless, joined in June 2020. Prior to that, I was just doing some blogs and media related stuff, but joined Bankless as employee number one in June 2020 and worked with Ryan and David for about three years, helping scale that media company up over that period. For the most part, I was primarily handling the newsletter for a while, obviously helping out with the podcast in some capacity. And then one of the things that I launched while I was there was Bankless Collectibles. So I, in about probably November 21, top of the bull market, went to Ryan and David and I was like, guys, look, you know, we built an amazing media company. It's fantastic viewership. Everything is up and to the right. The problem is that we're kind of talking the talk and not walking the walk, right? And we can use this technology. We can use the technology that we're talking about every single day and rethink and leverage this to rethink the model for media, the business model for media. So I kind of went down this rabbit hole. And one of the, the main things that I determined was, was putting this content on chain and putting all content on chain, making it collectible, making it ownable by the community. And with it, it unlocks a handful of different things that we can uh, definitely talk about. But we launched Bankless Collectibles in November 22, about a year ago. And we had amazing interest across the board. And yeah, we released about five episodes we got a bunch of inbound interest from collectors, creators, and everything. So I decided to take a step back from my time at Bankless and help generalize this tech stack that I had duct taped together for Bankless and generalize it for everyone else. And that kind of gets us to today, where I've been building pods alongside Dan Simmons and Drew Fisher, who are two amazing engineers in the audience right now, helping spearhead the technical side of things for about six to eight months now. So I'll pause there after that little monologue, and we can, we can go in whatever direction you want. Yeah, awesome. So what what was Bankless Collectibles? Was was that a podcast or yeah. an NFT or a combination of, of the two? Yeah, excuse me. That was the first instantiation of on-chain podcasts. So we released five episodes of Bankless podcasts on-chain as limited edition collectibles with supplies of 100. So only 100 people could collect it. And yeah, they were the first instantiation of on-chain podcasts and the platform pods. Um, that we're building uh, today. Nice. And so were, were the tools already there for you to to put those episodes on chain or how were you able to accomplish that? Yeah, we used a, a 
handful of different tooling uh, within the ecosystem. We, the people at Sound, so this was originally built on Sound Protocol, uh, which is a platform for on-chain music, um, were kind enough to allow us to use their deployer tool and like use their protocol to create these episodes, not as music or release these NFTs, not as music, but as podcasts. They're effectively the same thing. It's an audio file and a cover image. Just one is about two to five minutes long. The other one's about 30 to an hour long. So we were using sound protocol and then hosting the mints on bonfire, which is kind of like a web three WordPress and then building out like an independent marketplace using first mate. So we were definitely like duct taping the tech stack together. And really what Pods is doing is kind of creating a cohesive platform, all encompassing with a publishing tool and all of that discovery, collecting everything like that. So yeah, we were definitely duct taping the tech stack for bankless collectibles. And and now the point of Pods is to help generalize and formalize that tech stack. Got you. That makes total sense. What what a clear path to a product. You had like a problem or, or something you wanted to create and you were able to do it by, as you said, duct taping these sort of all these sort of disparate tools together. But then you were like, oh, well, you know, it would be nice if all these things were in one place so I could yeah. just do it all at once. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was a very natural evolution very um, of the platform and it just felt like the, the next step at the time, you know, Bankless had grown to over 30 people and I was there for three years and it just felt like a very natural evolution and, and really good opportunity to, to help build out this platform for on-chain media and on-chain podcasts. Very cool. And it's so cool that you were one of the early employees at Bank. Did you say, what employee number were you, do you know, uh, at Bankless? By technically number one. And I was, the, the fun fact is I was actually full-time at Bankless before David. So oh, wow. that's that one, but <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it's been really cool to see uh, their growth. They've got the, by all appearances, like a sprawling crypto media empire now. Yeah, it's been it's been it was amazing to kind of just experience that growth and, and understand how Ryan and David operated that company. And it was, I think, overall just an amazing learning experience. I think everyone here probably has seen Bankless in some capacity and recognizes, you know, how well that they've done at like growing that media company. That was something that started in, you know, 2019, 2020 and ended up you know, a year, two years later, within two years, you know, becoming one of the biggest crypto media companies in the industry. So it was definitely just like an amazing experience to do that. And, you know, learned so much over the years working with them. So much love to them. And and they're still, we're still really good friends and all that. But yeah. Yeah. What a valuable experience. Lucas, if you were, if you were to take maybe like one major lesson from all of that, what would that be? That you can use crypto technology to rebuild the media business model and all media can be on chain. And it's actually a really natural evolution uh, for media and what it unlocks. I think that was the biggest learning experience from helping build that media company on top of just like understanding different viral growth strategies, understanding how to build communities, all that kind of stuff. But I think that big key lesson was that media, the business model today is somewhat broken. People don't love ads and putting that media on chain, making it directly monetizable on top of like, the data, the rich data that you can get from people collecting your content just creates this new paradigm for for media as a whole. And I think that's really powerful and compelling. And we can talk more about that. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into what Pods is. But yeah, I love that answer. And it sounds like, yeah, that learning, you know, ties in directly with the next step in your story, which is creating Pods. So let's let's get into that. So maybe to start off, Lucas, let's just give people, you know, like the 10,000 foot overview of what Pods is in case they're not aware yet. Yeah. So pods is a platform for on-chain podcasts or maybe podcast NFTs, where we allow 
podcast creators to publish their episodes on chain as collectible NFTs and allow the audience and listeners to collect those NFTs, discover and collect the, those episodes. So we are a platform that hosts publishing and collecting for podcasts. Nice. And I think, you know, the, the first question that's going to pop into people's minds is like, why should we put podcasts on chain? Like what, what does that unlock? What, what's the difference? Why bother? Yeah, I think that this is really important. And this really just applies to media as a whole. And podcasting is just one specific vertical that we've decided to focus on. But when you, I think, release a podcast, Mac, you know, you're going to see on like your anchor platform or wherever you're publishing those podcasts, you're going to be like, oh, we got 5,000 downloads on that last episode. Fantastic. Primarily, a lot of them are from the United States. You're getting a lot of macro level data on your audience. What these NFTs allow or enable is really the micro data on your audience. It allows you to get more data on the actual individuals, the people that are listening and kind of earn status. So the listeners can not only own that work, but they can earn status. They can stand out of the audience beyond just becoming a download. And that data rich experience, or in some instances, you might hear it called a social graph that you can build by releasing your content on chain is probably the most compelling part of it. But also it by push, pu- publishing on chain, the media directly becomes monetizable. So you don't have to run ads if you don't want to. You don't have to append this different um, model for monetization. The media itself directly becomes monetizable where the creator can charge a dollar per episode per collect. So not only can you earn status, but you can own that work and the creator can actually earn uh, a living off of that just by publishing the content itself. Yeah. Okay. So this is a, this is a topic near and dear to my heart, just, you know, media in general, but, but on-chain media as well. And one of the ways I always approach this is, you know, let's, let's maybe look at these legacy or web 2.0, how it works. Right. So you mentioned ads earlier, Lucas. So if you have a podcast now, and, and this goes beyond podcasting, as you mentioned, but you know, you upload it to somewhere like YouTube. And unless you pay for YouTube premium, that listener or viewer is shown an ad. And that's how that's YouTube's business model. But what putting stuff on chain enables creators to do is the you can connect more directly with your audience. And the audience can just pay for that episode directly. So you're you're in effect, you're cutting out the middleman of these giant platforms, which I think is, you know, super exciting. I think you know, if we if we really simplify this, it's about creators and it's about fans and it's about just those individuals being able to better control that relationship. Right. That's that's kind of my take on the on the whole on chain media thing. I, I wonder, you know, what you think and if you had any have anything to add. To no, that. I think that was the perfect way to describe it. What on chain media enables is the creator to fan relationship and the ability for individuals to build that relationship, where the NFTs act as the vehicle to measure your status, right? So if you've released five episodes on chain, Mac, and I am the top collector, I've collected every single episode, I actually collected five editions of every single episode, you can see that I own 25 episodes, and the next person only owns 20, right? You become instantly discernible or like identifiable to the creator about where you're at in terms of the the broader audience in terms of your status, right? And enabling that relationship, enabling you to engage with that listener, because they're one of your top fans is is the name of the game, right? On-chain media is really just dialing this, dialing in this fan to creator relationship and allowing the creator to engage with these big fans on a more meaningful level. That's just not possible when you just listen to 
a YouTube video or watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast on Spotify, right? You have no way to actually engage with those audience members where these NFTs allow the listener to engage with the content by owning and collecting that work. But you also get to engage with that person because you can identify that this person is a massive fan and maybe you want to throw them in in an exclusive group chat. Maybe you want to give them exclusive content, all sorts of stuff. You have a way to identify your biggest fans and the vehicles for that are these media NFTs or podcast NFTs in the instance of pods. Yeah. And let me, another thing comes to mind of why I think this is so cool. And it's that, you know, if we look at the sort of creator economy, let's just use maybe a a YouTuber, for example, if you want to be a successful YouTuber and I'm not, so take this with a grain of salt, but my understanding is, you know, you, you go into the content mines every day, Mr. Beast style, crank out as many videos as possible. And you basically, you got to grind for a long time, usually before you get any traction. And a part of the reason why that is, is because you need to get a lot of views, whether it's on YouTube or listens on Spotify, you need to get a lot in order to receive any value back as a creator. And so I think what, what why part of why this uh, on-chain media is so exciting is you maybe don't need to have too huge of an audience. You can have your thousand true fans, if you will, but still be able to support yourself in your craft. So I think that's really cool. I'm in support of anything that really empowers individual creators. And I, I see the potential here for this technology to do that. Absolutely. I think the, the monetization is one piece that I want to dive into. And like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there of you only need 100, 1,000 true fans for like as a data point here. When Bankless was releasing their podcast on chain, they were releasing in editions of 100, charging about $50 to $60 per edition. When you do that every week, they were on track to make over half a million dollars a year just off 100 people collecting every week, right? And that becomes insanely powerful if you think about that at scale, right? That was about 25% of their sponsorship revenue, annual sponsorship revenue. That was just easily, abil- you know, you, you were just able to easily monetize that in an instant off of 100 people and not the 10,000, 50,000 downloads that you were selling to advertisers, right? So you just have a much more powerful, efficient, effective way to monetize the bigger fans, the the true fans of your audience. And I think that's really powerful. The other piece that I... I think, Go ahead. I think it's super powerful. I just want to jump in because I want to, I want to talk about what effects this might have on the actual content, on the creativity, if you will, because I think... I think one of the problems with with the way things social media works now is, like I said, you got to put out so much content and it's in the interest of those creators to sort of appeal to as many people as possible. And I think the effect that has is it sort of waters the content down. And I think, unfortunately, um, we, we might be losing out on a lot of really cool ideas just because they're not going to appeal to the largest audience possible. Um, personally, you know, in my personal music taste, yeah, I, I like everything. I like, uh, you know, I like Taylor Swift, but I also like really obscure artists P-O-D. that maybe people haven't heard of. Yes. I like POD. So I, I just love that potential there that this maybe smaller, more independent voices, artists, what have you will be able to support and sustain themselves because they're able to tap in and connect with those thousand true fans. And it doesn't take a lot. As you said, those numbers were astounding. What you just shared with Bankless, if those, you know, a thousand, that's, it doesn't sound like a lot, but man, if you got a thousand people supporting you, you can, you're supported and you can do what you love. Yeah. Right. If you have a thousand people buying your NFTs or episodes every week, 
at a dollar, right? You're making a thousand dollars a week, four thousand dollars a month. You know, that's a sustainable living in most parts of the world, right? And that's not that crazy uh, for a lot of people. You know, God forbid you charge five dollars a month or five dollars an episode or anything like that. But yeah, I think this it's really powerful. I think the thread that I actually want to pull on right now is is the approach of creating content and the difference right now. Right now, we're optimizing content for clickability. You see clickbait everywhere. Everyone is optimizing for clicks. Mr. Beast optimizes his entire strategy around clicks. And that is because you need clicks in order to get advertisers, right? You need a lot of views. The more views that you get, the uh, more advertising dollars you receive. What I think is really interesting is when you put that media on chain, you're no longer optimizing for clicks, but you're optimizing for collects. Right, you're not making clickbait. You're making collect bait. You're making content that people want to own forever. You want. You're making content that people might value a lot more in the future than just an instant video that you're clicking on just to get that quick release of dopamine. And I think that is such a crazy difference in the in the approach of how content creators can go about their content creation process. Like if you gave Mr. Beast that thesis of you're no longer optimizing for clicks you're optimizing for collects from the audience, you would see an entirely different string of content coming from Mr. Beast. Entirely different. That is honestly probably as entertaining or more valuable, I'm going to use that word valuable, for the audience than whatever he's producing today. Because that content has to be valuable in order to be collectible, right? So you're going to just get an entirely different set of content when creators are approaching it with this on-chain mentality, this collectability mentality. Yeah, it all goes back to incentives, right? Mr. Beast is a is a product of the YouTube algorithm, right? He's like a master at figuring out what is going to work on that platform. And so what you're you're saying though is this this is a different paradigm and that may affect the the type of content that's produced, which is really interesting. I for one and like I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I think, you know, this this sort of clickbait stuff, I'm tired of it. And I would love to see sort of more engaged and in-depth content. You know, I would, you could use like the metaphor of like fast food versus like a, a nutritious and right. fulfilling meal. Personally, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd rather go for the latter. I, th- I think we'll all be better off in the long run. And so, yeah, exciting to see if this, this new technology will sort of unleash that and facilitate it. Yeah, I agree. I think that the diet analog is pretty interesting because one of the biggest like this is a personal take is that your content diet is as important as your you know physical diet the information that you're intaking is equally as important for your mental health and your brain health as it is to eat healthy food for your body and i think that that is a really interesting take because the collect or at least the thesis here is that the collect aspect of the content creation process is going to make healthier content for your brain, for your body, because it's going to be more valuable content. It's not going to be short hitting dopamine stuff. It's going to be valuable, evergreen content that's going to last forever. And I think that's really important and really cool to, to at least think about. Yeah. And a plus one to that, I, I, as I've gotten older, the importance of yeah having a, having an information diet and just being conscientious of the of the media that you consume, the, the importance of that has just become more and more obvious to me. Of course, I'll, I will say that's after watching pretty much every bad movie ever made. So <laughs> I learned through experience. I'm a I'm a media junkie, but you know it, it helps it helps me craft some good memes and come up with obscure new metal Christian rock bands. 
You, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for you and your Christian rock bands, Matt. You just send me your playlist. <laughs> I will. I will. Okay, so the other angle to this that I, I wanted to make sure we touched on, Lucas, is the fact that on-chain media gives creators greater control. We talked about sort of the written, the richness of the data, how it how it increases the fidelity of the data, but there's also the portability of your social circle, right? So the other thing of you know, I'd be wary as any content creator if if that's your vocation and you're putting all this time and energy on you know X Y Z platform you have no guarantee that they're going to continue to allow you to create there, right? And so, you know, this has happened. It will continue to happen where, you know, you log into your account and maybe you're not able to one day. And so um, on-chain media is giving creators greater control over their audience because they can take that, that data set with them wherever they go. Right. Not only can they take it wherever they go, but it's also fully composable, right? At the end of the day, that data is effectively a list of Ethereum addresses or wallet addresses with the quantity and like what NFTs are collecting. And that list is entirely composable with anything else in Ethereum and also entirely ownable by Optimism or like whatever that creator is, right? So I think one thing that's interesting there is that composability, right? And that you can have... If I want to identify anyone that's listened to OP radio, you know, I can identify all those users. If I'm creating a new podcast, Optimism Focus, maybe I want to tap into the OP radio audience, that on-chain audience, and, you know, target them a little bit more. So, yeah, I think this portability, that composability is really powerful. And one thing that's really interesting is that, you know, if you look at normal media, especially for like Bankless and all these, the block and anything with a newsletter, the defensibility, the, the moat for these platforms, for these media companies, is their email list, right? Their email list is what allows them to do anything, or it is their defensibility against any sort of platform. If you can kind of see where I'm going here, it's like the email list and an address list are two very defensible moat kind of assets for these media companies to have. Right now, it's the email list, but I think the wallet list, the address list of who's collecting and engaging with your content is going to be as powerful, if not more powerful, given the fully composable nature of it and the public nature of it is going to be more powerful than the email list. So if you understand media and where these media companies are, all most of it is just in this email list that we have, right? That it allows them to defend against any sort of platform censorship, anything like that, they can port those emails anywhere that they want. And the wallet address list is a new way to kind of have that list of your biggest fans and being able to use that in whatever capacity you want, whether you're starting a new podcast, whether you want to target a specific demographic, you know, maybe someone collected a specific episode with some specific guests and they can get access to a direct chat with that guest. There's all sorts of different things that you can do with that list, with that address list of who holds your content that I think is really powerful. Yeah, I love that analogy. The the your address is is like your your email in Web two, but as we said before, a much more richer, a much more rich data set, right? Because yeah. with addresses, you know, you can see that whole address history. So it just opens up a lot of a lot of different doors and avenues to better understand your audience and connect with them. Yeah, and as I mentioned, like you have that ability. Like that list is public for anyone. So Bankless can go ahead and tap into that OP radio list or the block can or, you know, any other media company that maybe wants to target some subset of users. Um, 
or at really any sort of product company that wants to target some sort of subset of users, whether it's some new product that's launching on Optimism, maybe they want to whitelist OP radio holders because those are people that engage with Optimism on a deeper level than just, you know, using a transact or submitting a transaction every now and then, right? They're actually going out, listening to OP radio, collecting that content. And that is a list of users that are more engaged with the Optimism ecosystem that is fully composable for anyone else to use. And I think that's really powerful. Because email lists are entirely closed gate. You don't have access to the bankless email list. Like that is their moat. But the address list, you do. You can go and see anyone that has collected a bankless podcast and maybe use it to whatever, you know, whatever strategy you want to employ. Right. Totally. And I wanna I wanna maybe paint a picture, you know, to me the main value proposition of, of all this blockchain technology is increased sovereignty for the user. And so I think we're getting close now with on-chain media coming on, with decentralized social to this world where these different entities, you know, individuals can exist in this space and they can release and disseminate information and interact with other individuals and collectives freely. And they're free to move throughout the space however they want. They're not constrained or constricted by these platforms that are gatekept. I just think it's... I hope I'm doing a good job. It's it's sort of a hard picture to paint verbally, but it's it's just a lot more freedom and sovereignty for both the individual and the creator is the way I see it. Hundred percent. You have full sovereignty over over this when you're releasing your media on chain. You own the contracts. You own all of that. You own the list. You own everything as a creator. So yeah, I would agree with you. Plus a hundred on that. And yeah, and that's just I I think that's just the net a net positive, right? I think I think freedom is a good thing. And I think people should be free to interact with who they want to interact with. I think that's a, a benefit to everyone. We like freedom here at Optimism. We do. We're optimistic and freedom loving. Okay, so very cool. Let's talk about, we, we did a little co- collaboration with the launch of pods, Lucas. So there's a, a launch collection of five episodes, past episodes of OP Radio featuring some of the movers and shakers at, at Optimism, some of the co-founders or the, the influencers, if you will, when it comes to Benji. Mm-hmm. And those, those episodes are available to collect in a collection. And if you collect all five, you can collect the, this current episode that we're recording right now after it gets edited with Lucas for free. Yeah, absolutely. So we're currently paused as a platform is currently in private beta and we're working with select creators to release launch collections over the past few years mac you've released you know over 50 episodes we're working with creators or at least a lot of other creators have also released you know hundreds of episodes and we're working with certain podcasts to allow them to release a set of five episodes whatever their five favorite episodes are maybe most popular or thematic ones in this instance for optimism it was the guests that helped shape and build the Optimism OP stack and have been involved with the team over the past few years. So we have released those five episodes available to collect on pods.media starting today. And yeah, as you mentioned, if you collect all five episodes, you're going to get this episode that we're recording right now for free uh, once it gets edited and released on the RSS feed probably sometime next week. Yeah, happy to dive into any specifics about the collection, but I'll pause there. I think instead, maybe let's speak to 
what maybe if people want to get involved, maybe they have a podcast already or they want to start one. What's the current status of pods and can they start using it? Because I got I got sort of, you know, the VIP treatment. I don't think it was quite ready. So thank you for that. But when can people look forward to using pods themselves? Yeah, we're planning on opening it up to allow any whitelisted creator sometime in Q1. Early Q1 is kind of the goal right now. Between now and then, as I mentioned, we're going to work with a select handful of creators to release these launch collections just to drive some initial traction to the platform, identify like some pain points with with the pods platform stuff, you know, bugs, all that product stuff that we, we need to iron out before we open it up and let the floodgates floodgates open. So yeah, between now and the end of the year, we're releasing a handful of launch collections with select creators. And then hopefully in Q1, the goal here is to open it up and allow creators to release their episodes, you know, kind of a carte blanche at their own will. Nice. And so it sounds like uh, people can look forward to more of these launch collections similar to the one we released leading up to just full access in Q1 of 2024. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have a podcast and are interested in either releasing a collection or coming on board in Q1, there is a creator form that will be added to the homepage pretty soon at Podstop Media that you'll be able to apply and kind of go through that process. Just a couple of questions, just so we can get to know you as a podcast, verify your identity, et cetera, Um, but uh, nothing crazy. So yeah, if you're interested, stay, keep on the lookout for become a creator form uh, on the website pretty soon here. And then how about let's let's end this on a high note with what sort of features can people maybe look forward to in, in the future, Lucas, any whatever you're comfortable with talking about, because yeah. you're going to have to deliver them if you, if yeah, you talk about absolutely. it. Absolutely. So <laughs> right now, we've, we're allowing collector or creators to publish their episodes and some tailored tooling for them and then also collect the episodes. So if you go to Podstop Media, any of those mint pages are live and they're available to collect. We've done some like interesting stuff with gamifying the collecting experience, providing a leaderboard, providing that richer context that we were talking about earlier about the users and collectors behind OP Radio and any other episode. So we're definitely looking to gamify or continue to help gamify the platform a little bit more. We also want to release cool stuff like token-gated comments. So if you collect an episode, you can jump into the discussion. We want to work with separate creators to do like exclusive chats with the guests, all sorts of stuff. So as I said, you know, these address lists are composable. We can do really anything that you can do on chain with them. So we're identifying different rewards and, and perks that we can implement to help entice users to collect and own the work and support these podcasts that are publishing content for their audience. So yeah, we have a handful of different cool things that we want to implement over the next few months here. And hopefully all of that will be, will be ready by the time we do that Q1 release. Very exciting. Yeah, there's all sorts of different possibilities once you have those addresses, as we described. So very cool. Yeah. Well, if this has been awesome, Lucas. I feel like we're kind of winding down. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap it up? No, I think, first of all, please go smash the collect button on OP Radio's launch collection. We're super excited about it. There's more coming. And yeah, I think as you said earlier, we are in the name, the name of the game for us is building the creator to fan relationship and identifying ways for fans to engage and get involved with the podcast beyond just listening to it. So that is in terms of the future features that we can, we can implement. I would expect us to be focusing a lot on that front in addition to like creator tooling and making it as easy as possible to, to get these episodes and get content on chain. So yeah, we're really excited about it. We have a few more announcements in the pipeline over the next few months here. 
And overall, yeah, we're just super stoked to be doing this, working with Optimism. Obviously, the platform is deployed natively on Optimism on OP mainnet. So yeah, we're just fired up about everything and stoked that we could feature Optimism and OP radio this week with the launch collection. That being on OP mainnet helps facilitate those cheap, not only launching the collections cheaply, but also collecting them, right? That's always good. Yeah. So. More 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 value to the creators and collectors and not to the uh, network. Yeah, we learned we learned with the bankless collectibles that ETH mainnet is not worth it when you're paying uh, $20 in gas fees and $100, uh, $20 to collect and then $100 to publish just wasn't sustainable. So obviously having a cheap, fast L2 uh, was key to that. Absolutely. And once again, if you want to collect this OP Radio launch collection that we've been talking about, just head to pods.media. And yeah, the plan is to put all OP radio episodes on chain from here on out. So very exciting. Thanks so much for joining us on OP radio, Lucas. It's been an absolute pleasure and congratulations on all the work you've done at pod so far. Thank you, Mac. We're uh, we're big fans of OP radio and uh, stoked that you guys are going to continue to publish these episodes on chain in the future. So we're fired up on chain media optimistic about on chain media optimistic about on chain media baby let's go all right thanks everybody for tuning in uh really appreciate you we'll catch you all next week all right. have a great day appreciate it. Much love.